really is good to be here with you today. My name is Daniel. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I'm part of the team here at Eden. And if we haven't had a chance to meet, I would love to get to shake your hand, meet you. I'll be standing at the Connect Center just outside the back doors after service. It'd be awesome to connect for a moment. I do want to say a special welcome to all of you who are joining us online. Love that you can stay engaged wherever you are. It's a blessing for us that you're part of the conversation. And then for those of you who are here for the very first time, uh, we are especially grateful for your presence this morning. We know that it could be a challenge to walk into a room like this, and so it means so much that you would join the conversation. Now, today is an exciting day for a number of reasons. Number one, we are launching groups, fall groups this semester. is going to be awesome, and we're pumped. That's what I'm talking about. We got a little feedback this morning. Uh, Grateful for it. Uh, The other thing that's exciting as we launch group is that part of launching groups is we are relaunching our Eden Youth Ministry uh, happening every Sunday at 11 o'clock, and we have some amazing leaders that are going to help help lead that crew. So very grateful for for that. And then besides that, today we are launching a brand new series called Rooted. And uh, if you are new to the conversation here at Eden, Rooted, or I'm sorry, a series is just a collection of talks that we spread out over several weeks where we focus on a theme, a topic, or a book of the Bible, and then we apply it to our everyday lives. And we really focus on that portion of the portion of application because what we have learned throughout the years is that if we do not apply God's promises in our everyday lives, we don't ex- experience the fullness of the faith that God wants us to experience. And so today, we are beginning a brand new series called Rooted. And you might be wondering, what does that even mean? to be rooted. So a little bit of context might be helpful. What is interesting, that maybe some of you are aware of, some of you are not, is that the Bible was written in the context of an agrarian society. So this was a group of people who were farmers who worked the land. And so oftentimes we see Jesus and his disciples using illustrations that have to do with agriculture to communicate a spiritual truth. And so the idea of roots to a first century farmer held a lot of significance, and there were two primary purposes for roots, right? Roots to vegetation. They were a source of life. They were a source of sustenance and growth and development because your roots are the things that would absorb the water, it would absorb the oxygen and all the nutrients inside the soil to help produce a healthy, life-giving, growing plant. And so it was a source of life. But the other purpose of roots is that it was a source of strength. Roots were the things that helped plants to be established in their particular environment because the roots would sort of thread themselves deep into the ground and a plant could could be established and strong within its environment. And so even if you do not come from a farming background like myself, although I did live in Bakersfield for a number of years, and so I have a little bit of knowledge of the farming community, but even if you didn't, you can still understand the significance of, of roots. And what we will see in Scripture is that oftentimes Jesus and Paul and some of the early church leaders will leverage a common uh, area of knowledge to help communicate a deeper spiritual truth. And that's what we see happening in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. You can read along with me. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home for you, home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So Paul is writing to this community of faith located in the city of Ephesus, 
and he is talking about their spiritual development. And, and obviously, as we read just these two verses, there is a theme to Paul's focus. He is concerned about this community of faith having spiritual strength because he just brings it up over and over again. Three times in two verses, Paul says, God will empower you. The Spirit will strengthen you. And if your life is rooted into God's love, it will keep you strong. You ever been around someone who just kind of keeps bringing up the same thing over and over again? I had an uncle. His name was Louie. And one time as a kid, I painted my thumb red as a joke so that people would think that I had uh, bloodied my thumb with a hammer. Not a good joke, not a smart, it was just a practical joke. For the rest of my, five years old maybe, for the rest of my life, every time I saw my Uncle Louie, hey, let me see your thumb. I'm like, Uncle Louie, this was 10 years ago. I'm not painting my thumb every time I see you. It was, it was ridiculous. He thought it was funny. Uh, I didn't. But that's what Paul is like. He's become like this monomaniacal, heavily focused, but he cared about the development and the strength of this group's faith. And so the question for us to ask is why? Why did it matter so much to Paul that this community had strong faith? Why did he care about all of it? There are potentially a few reasons. Number one, Paul may have been drawing from his own personal experience And oftentimes, as we read the New Testament, we see that Paul found himself in really hard situations, and maybe what he learned along the way is that weak faith doesn't do what it's intended to do when you need it the most. And so he's learned from that. Maybe the other option is we also know that Paul faced a lot of trials, and in the midst of those trials, we see that Paul had strength and joy and peace in the midst of it. And what he knew is that strong faith had the power to endure difficult situations, and perhaps That is the compelling reason for Paul to talk so regularly about having strong faith. But if we were to look just one verse down in verse 18, the passage actually tells us an even more compelling reason for Paul. Verse 18, it says, And you may have the power to understand, in other words, in light of what I've said, so that you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. In other words, in light of everything that Paul has just said, he's saying, I want them to have the type of faith that is so rooted and so oriented and so grounded in the ways of God that no matter what circumstance you face in your life, whatever you're going through, you can experience God's overwhelming love in your life. That is the hope of being rooted in God. And that is what this series is is all about. It is all about helping us to root our lives in a relationship with God so that no, no matter what we go through, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we can see God's love surrounding us. And so for the next few weeks, this series is going to feel like a little bit of a boot camp. Anyone ever did like a boot camp before, like a Barry's boot camp? You got one of those free trial periods? It ain't pretty, okay? <laughs> you know why? Because people who are doing boot camp need it. Okay, and so that means it's going to be hard. And that was my experience, very challenging. And so what I'm saying, though, is that this is not necessarily meant to be easy, but it is meant to be meaningful. It is meant to produce life transformation over the next few weeks. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to read the Bible. We're going to talk about the grand narrative of Scripture. We're going to talk about serving and sacrifice and prayer and worship, which are all all important elements to faith. 
But I don't want any of us for one minute to think that any of those things matter in and of themselves. Because the moment that we make these practices a priority above everything else is the moment that we step into legalism. And that's not what we're trying to do. But we are stepping into these holy habits in our life so that we could begin to see more of God's love reflected in our life. And so that's our prayer for the next few weeks. God, would you reveal more of yourself to this community? Would you reveal more of yourself to each of us as individuals? And this is what I've learned, is that the simple act of praying, God, will you show me more of yourself, is almost an answer to prayer in and it of itself. Have you ever wanted to buy a new car? And you have this car that you're looking at and you want to buy, and all of a sudden, you start seeing this car all over town that you never noticed before, right? It's because you have developed the lens to see what you're praying for. And when we pray for God to reveal himself to us, God will answer that prayer. So I'm excited, uh, I'm excited that we get to step into that as a community. Today I want to talk about the risk of being rooted. The risk of being rooted because it is risky. It is a risky endeavor. When I was growing up, one time, I, camera guys, you're going to have to follow me on this one. When I was growing up, uh, I may be out of screen right now, sorry. Um, when I was growing up, I was invited to uh, a leadership uh, experiment, I think it was, because they never did it any year before, and they never done it since. And it was with a lot of the student athletes, and if you were like a captain on your team, they invited you to this obstacle course, but it was really intended to be a team-building exercise. And so we went through like one obstacle over the, uh, to another all throughout the course of the day. And then we got to the last obstacle. And uh, I'm actually getting nervous uh, thinking about it right now because I'm going to try to perform something that I hadn't done in a, in a long time. Uh, but it's not impressive, so don't, don't get your hopes up high. But, um, but the last obstacle course was like this telephone pole. Uh, some of you guys may know what that is. And basically, you, you grab onto the rungs one after the other, just like you see down the street, and you climb all the way to the top. That's not the hard part. And the goal is to stand up on the pole and then jump about 8 to 10 feet out and grab a hanging bar. And that is also not the hard part, is what I learned. The hard part is the moment that you choose to leave security and place yourself in an unsecure situation. So I remember I was climbing up the rope. I was a restaurant at the time, fairly good shape, no big deal. But then I get to this one spot, and you'll see I'm having some unique difficulty with it now, given uh, since I gained a little bit of weight. Um, but this is the challenging spot. It's when you get one foot up, and even still, this is not the hard part, but by the time you are 20 feet in the air, this pole is waving. It's not secure. And so right here, you're secure. You're fine. You have handles. You're grabbing onto it. The part where it becomes dangerous is where you have to let go of your hand and step the second foot onto the top of the pole, okay? Everyone, my wife's nervous right there. I saw her gra grabbing her seat right there. Okay, that is the most challenging part of it. If you're a surfer, you know the same principle applies. The part is where you let go of your security, um, but unless you are willing to do that, you will never complete the obstacle. You have to be willing to let go and step up so that you can be rooted on a platform. You can be stabilized on a platform. And so what I'm saying is that the same principle applies when it comes to our faith. 
that it takes a little bit of risk to be rooted in your faith. There was this one time that Jesus was speaking to a crowd of people and he told them this parable about taking a risk to experience more of God's love in their life. It's Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, a very short parable. This is what it says. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field, and in his excitement, he hid it again, sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. A parable is just a short story that uses everyday examples to communicate a spiritual truth. And in those days, it was common for people to bury their treasure into the ground because banks didn't exist the way that we know them today. And so as Jesus is sharing this example, he's sharing this parable, most of the people in the crowd who are listening to Jesus share this story can think of the exact spot on their property where their money is buried. But what happens sometimes is that people over time forgot where they buried their treasure. It didn't happen all the time, but on occasion it happened where people forgot, and so they would sell their property, someone else would buy it, and as they're digging up the land, they find buried treasure. Other times, people would die without disclosing the location of their treasure, and so people, again, would sell the property, someone would buy it, and be digging it up, and they'd find hidden treasure. And so what Jesus is saying is that the kingdom of heaven, which is a way of talking about God's presence, is like a treasure that you find that you would give up everything to possess because its value is so much greater than what it would cost for you to receive it. And in other words, Jesus is telling this crowd, if they had to give up everything to follow him, it would be worth it because whatever it cost in their life to follow Jesus wouldn't compare with what they would gain in return. This is what it says in Matthew 8.18. It says, yet we now suffer... What we now suffer is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. And it makes so much sense from Jesus' perspective because he knew what value it was to experience the kingdom of heaven, to experience God's presence, to experience his peace in the middle of chaos in life. But it's hard to convince someone of something that they haven't experienced. Have you ever tried to convince someone to do something that they didn't want to do. It's like trying to convince Joe Aizawa to go surfing. He won't do it. It's like when Tommy tries to convince me to get my butt out of bed early on a Sunday, Saturday morning to go surfing. Sometimes it's hard to do. But Jesus says it's worth it. But from their perspective, it was a risk to follow Jesus. If they followed Jesus, they risked the chance of them being ostracized by their families. If they follow Jesus, they risk the chance of being rejected by their community or beaten by their government or a loss of status at their work. It was a huge risk for them to follow Jesus. And I think sometimes from our perspective, even though we wouldn't articulate it that way, we may feel like there's a risk for us to follow Jesus, to be a part of a community of faith and then to be labeled as a Christian. Can you imagine Someone at the soccer game asks you what you're doing on the weekend, and then they ask you what you do Sunday morning, and you kind of mumble, I'm going to church with the family. For some of us, that's a risk. Or maybe the risk is putting yourself in community with other people who want to get to know you, and you really don't want to share much about your life because you feel like you have a lot to hide, and it's a risk. Others of us, it's a risk because you might have to be in conversation with people who don't agree with you politically. 
Or maybe for you, it feels like a risk to invest your time and your resources and then to try to live out a faith that you don't completely understand out into the world. For some of us, it feels like a, a risk to live with purity in our relationships, like Jesus says. For others of, it, of us, it may feel like a risk to live with integrity at our work. It may seem like a risk to root your life in Jesus. And Jesus knows that, which is why he tells the parable. He wasn't just telling the parable so we would look and say, wow, that's a great story. He told the parable so that whoever heard it would go and do likewise. That we would be willing to give up what we valued before for something that is more valuable. That we would be willing to give up an old way of life for a new way of life. We would be willing to give up old habits for new habits or new ways of thinking, old ways of thinking for new ways of thinking. To give up what was for what could be. Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, says, Good is the enemy of the great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that becomes great. We don't have great schools principally because we have good schools. We don't have great government principally because we have good government. Few people attain great lives in large part because it is just so easy to settle for a good life. What Paul is saying is don't settle for less when it comes to your faith. I remember the first time that we launched Rooted in our church. Actually, we did it with our staff for about six weeks. We didn't quite finish. But then we launched it again when we hit the pandemic. And what was cool about this group is that we had just so many different types of people in this group. We had people who came to Eden because they found us online. We had people who started coming to Eden and had never actually been to like an in-person gathering before, and they were part of this community. We had people who were new group leaders, and it was just this beautiful, eclectic, diverse group of people. And one of the people who was part of that group was a guy named Ryan. Ryan was one of our neighbors at our complex, and we had met him long before we had ever started the church. We had just moved to the area, and we met him in the pool, and eventually he found out what I did for a living, and I told him I was a pastor, and, uh, and he said, you're not one of those churches that talk all about Jesus. I kind of bit my knuckle, and I was like, what should I say? So I said, why don't you just come and check it out and see if you like it? And so not that immediate week, but a few months later, he decided to come to the service, and apparently he liked it because he kept coming back. And then eventually, Ryan brought his wife, Heather. She came, and apparently she liked it because she kept coming back. And then eventually, they brought their kids to the church. And, uh, and, and every week, they were just showing up, being faithful to what God was doing in this community because there was something resonating with their experience. And then the pandemic hit, and that was obviously hard for all of us, but it became uniquely challenging for this couple because a few months into the pandemic, they found out that Heather had stage four cancer. And she was 30 years old with two young kids and about as healthy of a person as you can be. And obviously there was a shock, but these people stepped into this season of their life with courage. They were concerned and they took every step that they could to make wise decisions along the way. But you could sense that they were walking into this with a, with a degree of faith and they knew they had a church community behind them. And it was powerful. And it was during that time that Ryan decided to join a rooted group, which he had never done before. 
And I remember as he was in that group every week for the full 10 weeks, he would just give us updates about what was going on. I remember when he told us that Heather was going into surgery. And then I remember after surgery, he gave us an update and it looked like everything was wonderful. And then a few weeks later, he said, well, it looks like she's going to have to go through chemo. So she started going through chemo and he kept us up to date what was happening with chemo. And it all looked like it was heading in the right direction. And then I remember him sharing with the group that it's not working out the way that they thought it was going to. And her condition continued to get worse. The cancer kept growing and they just couldn't do anything about it. And I remember watching Ryan's life during that time. Because in those moments, for someone who's exploring faith in Jesus, there is the tendency to pull back from relationships when the hard times come. Because the logic is, I'm doing all the right things and it's not working in my life. And so we were all praying for Ryan and we were praying for Heather and we were praying for their faith. And the thing is, is Ryan just kept showing up. And there were some weeks where he just said, guys, I am mad at God right now. I don't understand him and I don't even want to talk to him. But he kept showing up. And I remember the response of that group. There was a girl in the group, not his wife, but another girl named Heather. And I remember there was a week where it was time where as a group, we would find a service opportunity where somewhere in the community, we'd, we'd serve someone together. And she thought of the idea. She said, is there any way we could be a blessing to Ryan? And so she reached out to him. She said, anything you need us to do. He said, my life has been so crazy. Our house is chaotic. Is there any way you would come and just clean up our house? And she said, absolutely. And so she rallied the group. She organized the time and our entire group showed up to his house and we were scrubbing toilets and washing dishes and doing laundry and everything that we could possibly do to position them for success. And, and that wasn't just our group, but it was our entire church. Our church was watching their kids and, 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 and uh, sending resources to this family to be a support to them. It wasn't long after Rooted ended that we had a celebration of life service for Heather. And in her time on this earth, for whatever reason, she wasn't healed. And we were so concerned about Ryan's faith in this season. And however he responded, most of us would have completely understood his response. And it was so powerful that every week, Ryan kept tuning into services. And he kept showing up to church and he kept bringing his kids and he just did not pull himself out of the community of faith when all of us would have understood why he wouldn't have wanted to be in a place like this or to be around people like us. But he leaned in. And a few months after Heather had her memorial service, Ryan was baptized on this campus. And I remember all the weeks leading up to that baptism, we would meet and we would talk and as frustrated as he was with his reality, he could not help but admit how often he was seeing God continue to show up in his life. He said, I've seen it show up, God show up in my life through my neighbors and through my church, and I've been reading scripture and I hear him speaking to me. That is the power of a rooted life 
It is not for those moments when your life is going how everything planned and your job is working out the way you thought it was. The power of being rooted in community is when you cannot stand up for yourself anymore. You have a community of people who are willing to hold you up. You have a community of people who are willing to pray you through your situation. You have a community of people who are willing to have faith for you when you don't have faith anymore. And I know that a room this size, there are some of you who are on the fence with your faith. And I don't know how you got there. I don't know what circumstances in your life have brought you to this place of brokenness where you're not even sure where your relationship is at with God or those around you. And every day you wake up and you feel that sense of stress in your heart or in your head and you feel overwhelmed because you don't know what that next step is for you. You don't even know where to start. And I want to tell you, it's, it's going to be risky. If you want to experience God in a fresh way, it is going to require you to take a step of faith. Whatever this life is right now, willing to let it go, to embrace the type of life that God wants you to have that is full of faith and full of hope and full of peace. And it's not going to be easy. It'll never be comfortable. But there is a joy that comes from walking with God that comes from no other source in this world. And for those of us who follow Jesus, it is because we have been on that path. We have tried those things to bring satisfaction in our heart and we know that it doesn't satisfy. And there are some of you today that are right there on that step, standing right there in this place of security. But the question is, will you take that risk to root your life in the love of God? There are some of you that are here today as we have talked about groups over the last few weeks. You're still on the fence. And we've tried to compel you and to convince you to say that isolation is not the answer to a full and complete faith to step into community. And you're still not sure because you've got a busy schedule. Work is about to ramp up this next semester. You're going to be traveling a bunch. You've got a lot of commitments. All of us have a hundred different excuses why it's not the right time. But I want to challenge you to pray and to take that risk and to see what God will do if you place your life in his hands. The truth is that some of you walked into this room so far and distant from God. Some of you have been out of communication with God for whatever reason. Maybe today is the day of salvation. Maybe today is the day that you come back and you step back into that life. You step back into that hope and you trust that God can do more with your heart in this next season. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to place your faith in him, to take that step. And so I'm going to ask everybody to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And this morning, if you want to begin a relationship with God, I want you to pray this simple prayer in your heart after me. If you're ready for a fresh start, if you're ready for a new hope, if you're ready for a new heart and a new life, why not today? Why not let today be the day you invite God in to do in you what you can't do yourself? 
Go ahead and repeat after me in your heart. Dear God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the hope. We thank you that you didn't give up on us when we'd given up on ourselves. God, I've tried to find peace and I just can't can't feel it in my life. This morning, I want to step out of my old life and into a brand new life with you. God, would you forgive me of all those selfish decisions that I've made in the past? Would you cleanse my heart and would you make me new? Today, I believe that you love me enough to send your son on the cross so that I could experience freedom while he took on my sin and my shame and my guilt. Today, God, I trust you with my future. In Jesus' name, I believe. Go ahead and keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. And on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer in your heart. And the reason we do this every Sunday is because we want it to be solidified in your heart that today was the day that you decided that you were going to follow Jesus, that you were going to give your life to him, and that you were going to walk in his way. And whenever we respond physically to what God is doing spiritually, there is something that is codified in our hearts. And so this morning, on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, go ahead and raise your hand. One, you are so loved by God. Two, you didn't end up here by accident. Three, Go ahead and raise your hand. I see you, 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 I see you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the hope that is only in you. And God, we pray in this moment that as lives are being changed, as hearts are being restored, that God, this would be a blessing that pours out throughout the ends of our church and through the ends of our neighborhood and through the ends of our city that we would see this revival beginning to take root and God we would see your love pouring out in our life in every direction we pray all this in Jesus name amen would you do me a favor this morning would you celebrate with me every life that stepped into faith